Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football season is here and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, baseball, or even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints. He is the receiver, Terrence Copper. I am your co-host, David Grubb. And uh, as much as we enjoy joining you to talk about the New Orleans Saints, it's always tough when you have to do it after a loss, particularly this kind of loss. Um, TC, you know, you were, we were looking for some momentum after the New England game. You go out on the road, you do exactly what you're supposed to do. It wasn't perfect but you did what you were supposed to do you went on you beat an inferior opponent on the road convincingly every phase of the game showed up a week later you go to texas to houston and it felt like from the opening of this game the energy level was not where it needed to be the texans came out and they were excited you saw D'Amico ryan you saw his team they were ready to play. They came and there was an energy about them from, from the start. The Saints came out and there was almost a feeling of this is our job. But it wasn't, there wasn't this sense of purpose, this sense of aggression and activity from the opening kick. I, I just thought I, I just felt that from the start, and it just seemed like it played out over the course of the game. Yeah, you know, looking at that game, man a lot of lack of execution for us per se a lot of lack of execution and you one thing you got to do you got to take your hats off to the texans because oh, yes. the, they played and called a great game uh the way the quarterback uh cj stroud his poise in the pocket uh, just the plays he was making with his arm and then the plays the protection are, schemes exactly. they did a great job protecting him they did, and they ran. I, I love the play calling they had. But for us, man, we're really struggling when it comes to execution. We're struggling when it comes to timely penalties. That's killing us. You know, so we got work cut out for us. And we missed two, we missed two field goals. So it's it's kind of it's hard to point the finger at what it's just everything. Everything. It's everything. Because we look, we missed those two field goals in the game, and it came back to bias because now. The last possession, we in a two-minute drill. Instead of us having to score a touchdown, if we made those two field goals, we only down by one, and we kick a field goal and win the game. You know, so it, all these little things are coming back to bite us, man. And it's 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 clear, and we'll get back into the game, but I want to do it the after the game effects first because this is where you, you as a player, this is where you can provide some tremendous insight. Um. You know, we saw the end of the game, 
Alvin Kamara on the sideline talking to Jameis. You saw the frustration on Alvin's face. We saw David Car- Derek Carr come off the sideline and get into it with Pete Carmichael a little bit um, on that last drive. We we saw the comments that Alvin, that um, Derek, that uh, uh, Cam all made after the game, where you know we got to get our shit together, we got to do better than this. We are, you know, guys got to be able to stand up and count on each other. That is not what we're used to from the New Orleans Saints. If one thing that you could count on with the Saints, no matter what the level of the season is, when they were going through the seven and nines and had the worst defense in the NFL, it still never felt like the team was cracking. The facade of we are the Saints, we're in this together, was cracking. Right now, it just feels like guys don't know what to do, where to attack the problem. What exactly is the problem? Because like you said, there are literally holes in the dike everywhere and guys are trying to put their fingers in them. And as soon as you put one in, another one pops open. So it just, I've not seen a Saints team this confused, honestly, since you got to go back to the Hazlitt era when things were falling apart around the franchise too. And it just, it just feels like right now, this is, it's in disarray. And and this is the reason why. And I'm fine with how Cam and and Carr. I'm I'm fine with what the things they're saying um, about they had to get their stuff. I'm fine with that because one thing they're noticing, and one thing I'm noticing is the fact that all the things that's going wrong. I'm not gonna say all of them, but a lot of things that's going wrong is coming from what the players are not. The players are noticing they're not making the plays. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of plays where we had we had a couple of guys for some losses that were had some but for no game and we missed the tackle and they break the tackle and go up the field for another twelve yards, you know. So it's little stuff like that. And then when it comes to we go back to the field goals, we miss two field goals. That right? That's not coaching. That's just doing your job. Do your job. So I think a lot of the guys, especially the captains of the team and the veterans of the team, they're noticing not just some coaching issues. Let's put the coaching issues to the side. Let's look at ourselves as players first. And so I think they are noticing that as players, they're not getting the job done. Forget the play call. When the play is there to be made, we're not making the play, whether it's defensively, whether it's special team-wise, whether it's offensively. We're not making the play, whether it's us just not making it, us the timing bad on it, it's just coming from us not doing our job. And I think that's where the frustration is coming from, especially when you see it as a player that forget the coaching part of it. We're not doing, we're not making the plays we should be making. Let's go back into the game. And I think that the biggest play, the sequence of the game is you get the interception on CJ Stroud, his first interception. And as far as like, we knew, you know, it's coming any rookie quarterback, you know, eventually it's coming and you've gotten it. So now you've immediately changed everybody's mentality. You know what I'm saying? But in that moment, Zach Bond, and this shows awareness, situational awareness, Zach Bond, his first career interception. What does he think? Like a lot of first firsts, I got the ball. I'm going to run this back. You're a linebacker, Zach. It's not your job to score. 
You did. You've already done more than your job in picking off this ball. Get down. Get down. Let people whose job it is to score the football try to score the football. And him fumbling that ball, giving it right back to um, Houston, and then then coming back to score on that drive. I think that was a game changing moment because a it let CJ Stroud off the hook. He didn't have to deal with it. He didn't have to go to the bench and hang his head and think about, man, why did I throw that ball? I made that big mistake. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, as a rookie, none of that was allowed to creep in. So now he's going right back out there. Hey, I made a bad throw. Let's fix that. And again, and eventually they score off of that. And now your defense is also thinking, man, we had momentum. We had the ball. We got a chance to take the lead. We could get, we could go down to score and get some points. And then they feel we got to go right back out here and stop this. We had stopped it. And I, I think that that mentally changed the whole scope of the game. I definitely agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And and it goes back to self-inflicted wounds that they're seeing that we are not making these plays because at the end of the day, I'm fine with, with them trying to run it back to the house. My whole thing is protect the ball when you get in traffic. Wrap that thing exactly. up. Protect the ball when you get in traffic. Because for receivers, what we're taught, if we throw an intercept, if we're if the offense throws an interception, is to try to get it back out. You're so TB. Exactly. We're taught that, you know, so we're looking because we understand that linebackers, D linemen, DBs aren't used to running with the ball. And so that's my biggest thing. And and not only that, it was a play later in the game where a Debo, they threw a go route on the sideline and the Debo, the ball was clearly he wasn't going to catch it. It was over the court, over the receiver's head and a Debo, he passed an appearance. Now they get a new set of downs. And I want to say they went out and they score on that possession to and where it should have been. They the passer call on that play, exactly. too, that they got to turn down. So either it's way, right. they were messed up. Either way, we messed, again, a self-inflicted wound that has nothing to do with coaching. But when we're talking about coaching, if we're talking about coaching, let's talk about the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Again, and let's talk about the last few plays, because at the end of the day, all you want is an opportunity to win a football game. NFL games are very rarely blowouts. So I'm fine with a bad – there's no such thing as a bad win. So I'm fine with just right, – Let me set it, it up for the new team because as the wide receiver, let me set it up for you then. Go ahead. You've got the ball. You're down seven. You need to tie. You've got all your timeouts. you got all your timeouts for your final drive. You've got plenty of time. You're not under two minutes. You started this drive with about 2.45 on the clock. So the first thing – they have to burn a timeout because they almost got a delayed game penalty, which I don't understand how that happens in this situation. I don't get that, that you're coming down. And you saw Alvin Kamara in that situation. He was already walking off the field before they called the timeout because he knew there was a problem. You still got plenty of time to utilize the middle of the field. None of the throws on that last drive go to the middle of the field. The tight ends were non-existent. You threw seven passes, six passes to Taysom Hill in the first half. He gets one catch in the second. No tight end catches at all. No Jimmy Graham on the field at all during this stretch where down the field is open and the Saints end up two timeouts still on the board and your last three passes are all into the end zone. I I just didn't understand the play calling. And you know what? Even going back early in that last drive, 
I knew he wasn't locked in and something wasn't detailed because usually in a two-minute drill, and they started doing it a little later in the two-minute drill, but usually in a two-minute drill, if you get tackled in bounds, your job is to get up, sprint the ball to the referee so he can spot it so you're not wasting time. The first thing I noticed a couple first plays, we get up and flip the ball down like we're not in two minutes. So that right there mentally let me know we're not locked in right now. And then the last few plays, you kind of mentioned it, the last three or four plays, we throwing up deep balls into the end zone. This is what the defense was doing. They were going blitz zero. Blitz zero is when the only people that's covering is the guys that's covering receivers. Everybody else is coming to, they blitz in the house. Yep. And they're playing inside leverage. They don't have any help over the top. My whole thing Throw some slant routes. Throw some quick outs to get out of bounds. Uh, throw something across the middle because you still had a timeout. Throw some balls across the middle of the field. And all it takes, all it takes for your receiver to catch this ball and break one tackle. And he's gone. And he's gone. So that was my biggest thing is they're going blitz zero the last four or five plays. And all we're throwing is go routes, go routes. Five, and we're not five step open. drops. Exactly. Exactly. So that's, to me, that is definitely a play calling situation. Or if it wasn't a play calling, Carr is reading the wrong thing. Uh, I understand you taking a shot in the end zone, but you took a shot in the end zone like four times in a row and none of it worked. And they was just bring blitz zero. Like you had no other options. You had they were to leaving the middle of the field wide, wide open. open. Wide open. You know, so... To me, that's play calling or that's car. One of those two, him and Pete got to get on one accord with the play calling or if he's going to the right guy. We can deal with Pete, but we also got to deal with, like you said, with Derek Carr. At this stage of his career, he should be capable of getting out of a bad play if he sees a bad play, right? He mm -hmm. should be able to step up at the line and have the authority 10 years in the league to, to make an audible. I'm not saying change the play. You come in and the coach call play and you say, nah, that ain't it. He doesn't have that. I get that. But as a veteran quarterback, I don't think that there's a head coach in the league that if you spent this kind of money on your quarterback and you're saying you're my starter, if you see something bad in a critical time, either call the timeout, you still had him, and say, coach, I don't like this look. And let's all discuss it on the sideline or change the play at the line. I, I just – those things to me are the hallmarks of leadership that you want out of your quarterback. And I compare it to some of the other, and I, and, I, and we put Derek Carr probably in that third tier of quarterbacks. He's or second, third tier, middle of the pack, not a superstar, not a bum. He's in the middle. We saw some of those middle guys like a Jared Goff, who, you know, with Detroit and, and, and Tampa, he made a lot of critical throws in tough situations against a Tampa defense doing the exact same thing that Carolina was doing at the end of the game, sending everybody in the house late and he stayed making the right throws. I just, I think, you know, Carr's statements that, oh, I got to get with, I called Chris, I called Mike, I called Rasheed, and we all got to get on the same page. Man, we're six weeks into the season. You had training camp. We're six weeks into the season. Are you guys not meeting after practice and running routes? Are you not meeting together on your own? Because to me also, that's the quarterback's job too, is to be in with your guys. And you as a receiver, you know, 
if your quarterback calls you at the end of practice and says, TC, we got to run some more routes. I want to get my timing down with you. Are you even – if you say, hey, practice done for the day, if your starting quarterback tells you to run some routes, are you saying, nah, bro, I got to go? No, we're going to run routes. <laughs> we're going to run those routes at the end of practice. Uh, but it, it just – again, it just comes down. Like I said, you hitting everything around the head. It just comes down, man. We have to get on one accord. And like you say, week six, I, I just don't know. And I'm still optimistic about this offense because – and the reason why I'm optimistic about it is because of what we did last week. If we didn't do that last week and show that we were capable of putting up that amount of points on an NFL defense, if we didn't show that last week, I wouldn't be sitting here right now being optimistic because that had been another game and this would be another game to where we still haven't showed that we can score over 20 some points or score over 20 points, you know? So that's the only reason I'm still optimistic about it, but we have to figure it out. We don't have a lot of time. Uh, right now we, we at 500 right now. We don't have a lot of time to figure this thing out. We don't have much time as we think we have. So, I think the one thing we can do, we can start scheming things to get uh, Shahid the ball more. I think he needs to touch the ball a little bit more. Um, I'm fine with everything else or how we're trying to get things going. I like how we're trying to establish the run game with Kamara. I like how we're trying to do that. But we have to get it going offensively. Offensively, we're still not – producing and executing at a high level the way we're used to seeing it. And, and even with Carr, he's missing throws. We had a couple of crossing routes uh, with Alave. No one with Alave. He's wide open. He sells it over his head. You know, we're not used to that type of misses. Not, those in, the type of misses. not in the red zone. And, and, and people need to look. This, this Derek Carr in the red zone thing is not new. This is not new. This is four straight years of decline of his numbers in the red zone. His ranking versus points expected in the red zone versus points uh, achieved in the red zone over the last four years. He's gone from 16th to 23rd to 26th. And this year he's 28th. His completion percentage this year in the red zone inside the 10 yard line is 33rd in the NFL. His it's it's gone down. He has been in the lower 10 of quarterbacks at completion inside the 20 and inside the 10 in each of the last four years. It's the red zone has always been an issue for him. The Raiders, that was their big criticism of him, was he couldn't finish off drives. And we're seeing some of that. Um you know, for it, it, there's multiple reasons it's not just him, but certainly when you know that you have a quarterback who has this issue, then that means you have to do things and adjust offensively and be better in your play calling to to set it up. And we saw, like, I think that that's the swing pass to Alvin Kamara on fourth down. What was that? Like, I think we you saw that was getting blown up before he let the ball go. I mean, yeah. it's just they're just decisions and play calls that don't make sense. Definitely. And, and talking about that play in particular, to me, I blame that on the play call. I blame it on the play call. Like all you got to get is three yards and you're sending everybody deep down the field and you leave it with the only option of an intermediate throw is the swing route. You know, so to me, that is a strict 
That is a play call to me because we could have easily ran why stick. Why stick tosser? That is in our playbook. Pete, no, that's in our playbook. Why stick? We was famous running that with Colson all the time with our tight ends. All the time. Run why stick, tosser on the backside. And that eliminate all those things. But we we got to figure it out. We don't have time. Uh, defensively, I think we have to continue to get better. We have the to change plays. Yes. Killing the defense. Too many explosive, too many explosive plays. Uh, and that's what's killing us. Uh, like I said, and like I said, those receivers and that quarterback, they made plays though. They made plays, they made plays. Uh, one thing that I saw with their offensive coordinator, what they was doing to us, but the fact we in man to man a lot, they running a lot of crossing plays. They a lot did a of lot. Around it. A lot of so they can run away from coverage instead of just trying to run go routes, stuff like that's how you beat man to man. Run crossing routes, run pick plays, and they crossed us to death deep overs, different things like that. And so they did a great job when it comes to coaching uh, coaching their team, and we have to do a better job of coaching. We got to do a better job all the way around. I thought the other great thing that the Texans did offensively with their run game was that they really spread the Saints out and made them run side to side. And they're taking advantage of the fact that Demario Davis and Pete Werner are not as fast side to side as maybe some other, you know, DeMar's a little bit slower. He's still one of the top-rated linebackers in the NFL, but that side-to-side is not as good as it used to be. The Saints are a much better defense in that front six when they're coming forward. You get them extended, they're not as fast because, quite frankly, they're not getting the DT push. You know, you're not getting that shy total, that, that DT push that you were getting up the middle last year, and I think that's why we're seeing the linebackers like Werner and DeMario Davis, they're hitting those running backs two yards deeper this year, it feels like, than they were last year. Um, you know, because a lot of t- – Pete's making tackles. They're not getting past him. But they're now a positive gain rather than a stop right at the line of scrimmage. And those little yards add up too. Because they weren't breaking giant runs, but they were able to get 30-plus runs for over 120 yards. And you know in the NFL, that's a formula for success. It is. It is. And one thing that can help our defense out – and like I said, I give I give our defense a pass, uh, and because they're they're, they're, giving, they're, yeah, they're not giving up tons of points here. Yeah, they, I give them a pass. To me, it still comes back to our offense. Our offense have to put pressure on the opposing team offense, and what I mean by that is you have to put some points up to make this offensive coordinator and opposing team tighten up a little bit. Because when he got the lead and, and he's comfortable and he see that you're really not doing anything to the defense, as a play caller, he can relax a little bit. He don't have to be uptight because he knows he still have everything he want to do. If he, if they don't work, okay, our defense playing solid because their offense not scoring. So offensively, if we can put pressure on their offensive coordinator to call plays from behind, you know – that's, that's going to help us out so much. But offensively, to me, offensively, we have to get going. Nothing else changes. I don't care if the defense start playing better than what they are now. I don't care about it. If the offense don't get going, we're going to struggle the rest of the year. We're going to be doing this podcast every week talking about the same exact thing. Yeah, let me give you my my numbers of the week because we, every week we get some historic numbers for the Saints, um, unfortunately. So since 1982, when Bum Phillips became the head coach of the Saints, 
Only bum Mike Ditka and Mike Ditka have had more games with fewer than 17 points scored than Dennis Allen. Ditka had 15 in his first 23. Mike Ditka, I mean, uh, Bum Phillips had 15 in his first 23. Mike Ditka had 11. Dennis Allen has 10. 43% of Dennis Allen's games, Dennis Allen's games, the Saints have scored 16 points or less. 43%. That's a lot. Dennis Allen also has the same win-loss record as Mike Ditka through 23 games, 10 and 13. Only Bum Phillips in Saints history from 82 on was worse. That was 7 and 16. The three coaches to lead the Saints to the playoffs, Jim Mora, Jim Hazlitt, Sean Payton, each of them only finished with six games in their first 23 where their team scored 16 points or less. They each, six, no more than six. And they all had records at or above 500 after 23 games. Mora was at 11 and 12, Hazlitt 14 and 9, Payton 13 and 10. So the offense has been the biggest indicator of just how bad this team can be and, and what's holding it back. Uh, and I just think that, yeah, there's a lot that's dysfunctional. Clearly, Pete is a dysfunctional part of it. Um, clearly, Derek is not playing up to his potential and what they expect from him, even at his best. And then the offensive line, which is, I think, now a critical concern because you've got more injuries and there's nobody on the street that's going to make this line better. They can only improve internally. Is that possible over the final 11, 12 weeks? Anything is possible, but it's going to be a hard uphill battle, especially with the injuries to your starting left, uh, your left tackle. Uh, with him getting injured, you know, the defense, the other defensive line, they may not be getting a ton of sacks, but they're getting a ton of pressure. You know, I just don't know offensive line-wise, if we can get this thing going. Anything is possible. You still have to be optimistic about it. But, Dave, I just don't know, man. I, the way we're playing offensively, I just – I got to see it. I got to see it. That's what I got to see it. I got to see us. We got to execute a lot better than what we're doing. Uh, I think Pete is – like the numbers you just gave us, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie at all. And if you want to look at numbers, you got to look at Pete. Even though this is Coach Allen's, is he's the head coach, and he's going to get the blame for it, the brunt of it at the end of the day. But you got to start zeroing in at Pete. And I'm a big fan of Pete. I was a big advocate of Pete uh, before uh, before he even they even moved him into the office of coordinator job. Uh, so I was a big fan of Pete. But you, looking at the numbers, there's no way you can't start looking at him. You have to, because at the end of the day, he's in charge of the offense. And when your offense is struggling like this, no matter how much you like a person, he has to be checked. I ain't going to say checked like that, but he has to be, he has to be held accountable as well, just like everybody else on the team. He have to be. And I think that's the best position group on the team, the office of coordinator. You got to start looking at his play calls. You got to start looking at how he's designing his plays as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Dennis Allen is the head coach, but you got to start looking at Pete because he is the one that's running the offense. Because the thing that makes the offensive numbers so stark is the amount of talent that this team has. You could, again, I, I think you could argue very easily that out of all the quarterbacks who've gotten their start with the Saints at the beginning, 
no one's had more skill position talent around them than Derek Carr walking in the door. You know I mean? Just from day one, no one's had more than Derek Carr. Now you could argue about that Drew Brees team that first year with Reggie Bush and Marcus Colston and, and uh, Joe Horn. That's, that was a great offense. Don't get me wrong. You, you were there too much right. So, um, but this is a, there's not more, you know what I'm saying? More. This right. is as, as talented a group as that. And that group was coming off a season, you know, in 2005, that was just horrid. And that mm-hmm. and was rebuilding from a three and 13 disaster. This team is supposed to be pretty much, you know, oh, we're tweaking to get back to the top. That's what the ex- expectation was this year. Do you feel like if they can't, fix it that decisions have to get like, do they start making decisions within this season? I don't think any coaches get fired. That's not the saints way. Coaches only coaches leave on their own in the saints, but none of them have ever gotten fired in the middle of a season. Um, I don't think that that's the, that's going to happen, but I do think it is time to at least try Ronald Curry in the play calling uh, position. I think that, I don't think, of course, you don't fire any coaches right now. I think, and I don't even know if you fire a coach after the season. I'm not sure about that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's not up to me to see if he's going to get fired. But I do think, even if it's not put out there to the public, I do think now Ronald Curry starts to help out Pete. He starts to give more input if if it hasn't already started happening. You know, so I do think Ronald Curry starts to help out a little bit more. Um with his input on things or what we should do, what we shouldn't do. Uh, Not saying that he hasn't been doing it. Uh, Or it could be the point that when they're watching film and Pete watching film, it could be the little small details. They'd be like, okay, if this guy would have done this, it's wide open. So as fans and as the public, we're looking at the game from the outside in and we're saying the big picture is offense is struggling. But as a team and offensive coordinator and coaches and players, they get in that film room and they start breaking down every detail down about this play, every play. And they start seeing, okay, why this play didn't work. And sometimes if it's not on play calling, if it's just strictly off, we missed a block or bad leverage or just, you really don't look at it like, dang, this is on Pete. You look at it as, the player, this kid is not doing his job. This is why it's not getting done. And it could be just from every single play that's not being done right. It could just be this kid is doing is not doing his job on this play. Then another play, this, we kind of mentioned it early when it came to the defense. So you really don't know the exact reason of why things aren't going the way they should be going, but we just know it's not going the way it should be going. When you're in the locker room like that, and, you know, clearly one side maybe feels like, hey, we're doing our job. We're keeping everybody in the game every week. And y'all can't put up this many points. How do you, you know, avoid that in the locker room? How do you make sure that guys don't turn into the pointing fingers? It doesn't become this side versus that side. Who has to step into that void to make sure that a disappointing start doesn't become a disappointing season? Your team leaders, that veteran leadership, that veteran leadership is so important uh, because what's going to happen is if you have true veterans on that team that are team players, 
they're not going to look at the offense and be like, y'all got to do y'all job. It's understood that they had to do their job. And everybody understands that because at the end of the day, what the defense is going to do, the defense still are looking themselves in the mirror. How can we get better? Forget what the offense is doing. We have our own issues. Even though we're playing better between the offense and the defense, we still have our own issues that we need to correct because we're still giving up 20 points. So they're not looking at, oh, we're just giving up 20 points. At the end of the day, when the defense goes out in that football field, they're not looking to give up any points. So if they're giving up 20 points a game, yeah, that's not it's not bad, and we're not winning. But guess what? We're still giving up 20 points. Let's try to give up less points than that. Let's try not to blow this coverage. Let's try to the, the run fit better. Let's try to tackle better. Let's try to make this so nobody's ever pointing the finger at another position group, especially if they're on different sides of the ball, because you have your own things that you have to correct. But that's if you're on a team that have good leadership skills and understand that part of it and not being selfish and start pointing fingers. Short week this week for the Saints. Uh, they get the Jacksonville Jaguars at home on Thursday. Uh, my thought is it's critical for the Saints to come out and put points up in the first quarter. You cannot lose this home crowd that is already on edge, that already is feeling some kind of way. A lot of folks drove to Houston last week from New Orleans. It was it was a good-sized contingent of Saints fans who were upset, and they drove, made that seven-hour you know, drive back and forth. They're going to show up expecting improvement on Thursday, and I think it's vital for this team's confidence and for that atmosphere that they come out in the first quarter and set a tone particularly knowing that you could be facing a Trevor Lawrence as quarterback who can't move really well because he's got a sprained knee. Um, this Jacksonville team has won three in a row. They put up points. You have to win this game. You Put it this way. I'm not going to say you have to win this game, but you have to win this game. <laughs> you have to win this game because to the point of not, not necessarily you have to win this game like playoff indications. Right. Like usually that's how a must win is. But you, you need to win this game, not just for continued fan support, but let's block the fans out right now. You need to win this game just for confidence building for yourselves. Uh, because at the end of the day, you have so much talent on this team. Offensively, we're struggling. I keep going to offense. Offense, we're struggling. But we have to come together and play a full complimentary game of football. Offense, defense, and special teams, the way the Patriots, the way we did it versus the Patriots. We know we can do it because we've done it. We just have to go out there and execute at a high level. And really, I know it sounds cliche, but we have to take one play at a time. Let's execute this play. Whatever play call is played, let's execute it. Okay, next play. Let's execute. Next play. Let's just focus on execution and everything else take care of itself. You know, uh, for 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 good teams, it's short memory. You know, it's short memory. For great players, it's short memory. Good play, bad play, you move on to the next play. And I think that's where the Saints have to get to because I think right now things are lingering and you can see it on the field. You can see it in their body language. You can see it in their reactions that right now they're not letting the last play go. And they've got to get back to that. And 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 I think that they they have enough players who know how to do that. It's just getting all, like you say, everybody on that same page and moving forward because this team, you know, yeah, the the, the start 
You go three and three against a group that's a combined 11, I think, in 34. That wasn't the start they were looking for. But again, you still got 11 games left in this season. The division is still in position. Everybody in the division lost last week. Um, the things you want are still available to you. It's just how do you get them and in what manner do you go about it? And I think that's the big test for this team. Are they going to be pros? Like, are they going to do the job and and and, and rally? Or are they going to walk their way through the season and hope that they out-talent folks? Uh, and, and Dave, you hit it right on the head. We have to let it go. We have to let plays go. We have to let bad games go and move on. Learn from it but move on. And that is the beauty part about this week right here. We don't have to wait a whole another week to play again to get this bad taste out of our mouth. As a team, you don't have to wait. Guess what? We got beat. We got to move on right now. We don't have time to, of course, we're going to watch the film, but we don't have time to keep dwelling on this because we play on Thursday. We don't play on Sunday. We play on Thursday. So we got to play. Uh, and I'm glad we get a quick turnaround. I'm glad we get to play early to get this taste out of our mouth so we can go out there and really prove that we can do what we need to do without having to overthink this game. Let's put it behind us. Let's learn from it, but let's move forward. I ain't going to make no predictions this week. Yeah. Now I don't want you to make no predictions. <laughs> nope. But give me two keys that you think that, that the Saints need to accomplish against this Jacksonville team to win this game. Oh, my gracious. Two keys. First thing we have to do, we have to get the run game going. We need to rush for over 100 yards. We need to rush for over 100 yards, and we need to protect the quarterback. I ain't even speaking on the defense side of the ball, because I feel like if we get offensively solved, defense can play like they played their entire season. Whether the ups and downs with the defense, it don't matter. If offense get it fixed, we're still successful, because the defense is playing good enough to win games, but offense got to get going. So – I'm looking at the offensive line. We got to get better there, and we got to establish the run game. To me, it's penalties. Number one, no penalties here. I mean, like, not none, but look, you got to minimize, especially those procedural penalties that kill drives. That that just can't happen, particularly at home. And then the other thing I think is the turnover battle because the margin is so thin. They lost the turnover battle two to one last week. You lost the game. It's it, and they lost the penalty margin last week. They lost the game. It's the mental stuff that, that I'm going to be looking for. Are you clean? Are you playing clean football? If you get beat playing clean football, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You know what I mean? But give yourself the opportunity to, to win the game by not hurting yourself. And that's the only thing I'd like to see this week for the Saints. Like you said, it's not a must win numerically, but I think for their attitude, for their confidence, uh, they need this win at home. And because home has been a difficult place the last couple of years, too. The Superdome has not been the, the house of horrors for visitors that it used to be. So I think reestablishing home field is really important, too. Yeah, you hit it, man. That's it. You <laughs> That's it. You hit it right on the head. All right, brother. I always appreciate talking to you. I always love talking the game with you. Um, we, we, we'll hope for the best. And uh, we'll be ready to talk about it after the game on Thursday. Until uh, the next time, he is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb, and this has been Believe in Saints.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.